You're at the Coaching Inn, 3D Coaching's virtual pub where we enjoy conversations with people who are engaged in the world of coaching. Things I absolutely love about the work we do is um, watching people see something that is completely disconnected from the work that they do suddenly enable them to make meaning or make connections in a new way. That's why I love this episode. Uh, partly because the conversation that I had with Kate over coffee when we first met enabled both of us to make new meanings. But also in the days and weeks since um, we recorded this podcast, I've realised that she is describing in this conversation uh, the philosophy that we have of how we train coaches, which is give you the least that you need to know and enable you to make your own meanings. So I hope you love this one to listen to as much as I loved recording it. And if you like it, we would absolutely love it if you shared it with one other person because we'd love to get the coaching in uh, wider, deeper, further into the world. Let me know what you think. Welcome to this week's edition of The Coaching In. Uh, today, I'm having a second conversation with Kate Caro, who I met in Sheffield earlier on in the year when we had the most interesting conversation about homeschooling and coaching. And I said to Kate, why don't you come to the Coaching Inn and talk to us about it? Welcome, Kate. Hello. Thank you very much. It's such a delight to see you again. So just give us some context about what you do with your day. Well, I have two children who I'm home educating now, which feels a lot easier because in total I've had six, but they've gone to school at 14. So now with my two boys who are eight and nine, um, we tend to get up at a reasonable time and then they, they do their maths and music practice and they might do maths on the computer of their own accord. They might ask me to get involved or I might be doing jobs on the computer because I organise out of the box and a choir called Steel City Choristers as well. So I've got my work to do and they've got their work to do. And they should do some, they know they need to do a bit of writing as well, a few a few spellings or copyright. Yeah. And then at coffee time, we then come together and, and have a snack and I have a cup of coffee and... We come together for stories Ooh. and we. I start off with a bit of sort of presencing, kind of something peaceful to bring us together in a relaxed frame of mind. And, and then we have maybe a couple of hours of, of different stories and I read and then they tell back what they've heard, mm. so processing things themselves. And then... Then we have lunch and then they have a bit of free play. And then we often do something later on in the afternoon, like, or evening, like, or going to see friends or beavers or choir or tennis. Amazing. So there's a lot of them taking responsibility for their own learning. Yes. And that's been quite a big shift because I always felt quite responsible early on with my older children who are now 20 and 18 and I've had to learn to let go of control trust that they can do it for themselves that trust 
trust that children are born with an innate curiosity and eagerness to learn and they're interested in the world. And if I can harness that, then that's the most powerful way of them learning. Wow. But then you have to create some habits so that you've got like a container for the learning. You have to create some habits of like, so they don't question yet. Like, okay, you always do your teeth on, brush your teeth on the morning. And okay, you always do your maths and some writing and some music practice on the morning. So there's some expectation around it, but within those boundaries then to trust them that to trust them and also to trust the content of what they're learning that it is really interesting like I might not have necessarily find maths all that interesting but I but I remember talking to a friend who's a maths professor when she had little children and she said oh the trouble with English is that it's so difficult to um to, to know how to do anything with English with your children, whereas maths, it's just everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's shapes and numbers and fun things that you can do with with maths. Her children were in school. This was just the way she lived, enjoying seeing the world through that lens. Yeah. And so there's all sorts of different subjects and it's learning to appreciate that there's something exciting. Wow. Thing. And me me feeling that and trusting that so that the children can have can pick up and have confidence and not that I need to know about it I just need to be interested in it so you're trusting very young children to to do some really great learning with a little bit of facilitation from you sometimes yeah and quite a lot of play and they'll learn yeah. a lot through play mm. and, and some of that play can be um like I can suggest it or, yeah. or maybe there's not maybe that sometimes there's not what's the difference between play and and learning like I, I don't I'm not sure maybe it's the fact that if I suggest something then we should it's just the way that you do it it's not necessarily what the activity is because any activity can be play for somebody if they're enjoying themselves and if they're in flow and they're interested so it's the way that you introduce something or um, the the way that you do it together or, or the way they do it themselves it determines whether it's it's play or not and all of it's learning. Oh, interesting. I love the word flow and play and learning. Yeah, I think that's the most important and it, 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 it doesn't have to be play like oh I'm playing with my I'm just playing with my Lego and that's what I feel like doing it could it could be so today we had some friends around and we'd all done a little bit of um looking into maps and then we and then the children each brought something to show um each other about what they'd learned about maps and and part of that was we looked at contour lines and so I've got uh, like we made with plasticine we made a hill and oh nice a knife we do the contour lines yeah it to show and, and then we and then we do the picture onto a piece of paper and and like and that was fun and that was I mean it was it wasn't playing that they just decided that they were just going to go and do that today it was it was I had decided that we were doing this well we'd all decided that we were doing yeah. this 
uh, having this gathering about maps. And, and then we did, and that was one of the activities. And another of the activities was playing battleships because we were looking at grid references. And so that is, it's really, it's, I don't think there's all that much difference between play and schoolwork if, you, if it's done in a play, playful way. And that's where the most, most of the learning can happen. One of the things that we talk about often in coaching is what's the least that the coach needs to do to facilitate the other person to do some thinking. And it feels as though your philosophy of education is what's what's the least that you need to do so that they can do it themselves. Oh, yes, definitely. Because I have to get out of the, keep out of the way of the children because they've got it in themselves. I need to suggest something and then and then sit back and see where where it leads because i follow charlotte mason's ideas she was a, a, a educator in the victorian times and she talked about getting getting yourself out of the way of the children because they they've got this innate curiosity and and playfulness and desire to learn and we just need to get just need to keep ourselves out of the way so that we don't squash it. And then it'll happen. You don't need to do much. So she's inspired you. Yes. She I I came across her ideas a long time ago, maybe 15 years ago. And I was quite I was quite excited by what she said, but when I tried to implement them with the children, then it just didn't seem to work. I couldn't quite understand how to make it happen, how to get them to be interested in these books that were being suggested and how to do a nature journal that she suggested. And I, I just couldn't make it work. And over the years, I've realised now we're, now we're doing that style and loving it. But it's been about me transforming myself, which is what your book was about, about transforming coach transforming themselves yeah like with a nature journal I used to suggest to the children that they go and do this nature journal and then help them do it and and then it would peter out whereas now I've learned that I have I can do a nature journal for myself and be genuinely interested in doing it for myself and then it and then that kind of becomes a norm and the children can pick up on that. And and I think a lot of education, the the gap between the children who learn really well and children who don't have such good results in, in school can be what their home atmosphere is like. And all these things that you take for granted in the atmosphere of who you are as a as a person and the things that you're interested in has a massive that has a massive influence on the children's education more than any activities that you try to do it's about who you who you are in your character and what you love I know that our listeners with children some of them are doing a full-time job and then supporting their kids to do the homework in the evening and you're saying that you've moved away from the rules and and you simply let the children find their way with a little bit of shaping from the outside sometimes 
What would you want to say to those parents? Well, I think it, I think they can't, they mustn't compare themselves with, with I'm not working full time and, the, and I haven't got the pressure of the school asking me to do things that I've got to do with the children. That's, that's different. Um, I think the main thing is for them to find what they what they enjoy doing with their children and and follow those interests and and enjoy themselves with the children whenever they can. Mm. They've got to do what they've got to do, but otherwise the main purpose is is to enjoy the children and do stuff with them and talk to them and let them talk to you. Yeah. So your yeah. children are in three buckets, right? By the sound of it. <laughs> You've got the older two and then the middle two and then the younger two. Mm. So what's changed? Can you t tangibly notice what's changed about, about how you be with them in this home education space from the first two to the middle two to the last two? Well, my first, the first two and the second two, they're all quite close together. They were really mm -hmm. before. Um, and... I think I felt res responsible that they had to get through certain things and that and that I had to plan plan these things and maybe and and also maybe a bit more written work so we had more output that I could see the uh -huh. proof of what we were doing and that would make me feel better <laughs> uh, whereas whereas now I, there's not so much proof you can't it's more about the input there's not as much output and and I think I would try to plan ahead a bit more as what I was hoping to do, whereas now I try to be more spontaneous and just see what's available and what's around and then make the most out of that. So mm. there's a lot. I plan what books, we storybooks and things we're going to read. But, for example, I thought I might do a play this term, a Shakespeare play, um, but then I saw that uh, the the hypochondriac by Moliere was on at the theatres in Sheffield, and and I knew I had a copy. Of, I had a copy of Moliere for some reason. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, so I just thought, well, let's just do that because it and it, and because it, it's easier, and 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 let and let myself be. Just go with what's happening around me, and and then make the most out of that. It feels more natural, and and I ha and it feels a bit e it, it feels easier because you don't have to try to organise quite as much stuff. You just have to make the most out of what is around and um, and enjoy that and be present to that and realise every little thing is an opportunity uh, to learn, even if it's an interruption or even if it doesn't seem. Even if it's a, something that gets broken, and then do something about it. I mean, it sounds a bit idyllic. I'm not. It's not idyllic in, in any <laughs> way. I'm really, on top of <laughs> things. In, in, in I have my ideals that maybe I don't live up to. But um, but also, I suppose, I suppose as well, I feel more comfortable because my older children have done well, and I know it can't. I know that it's not going to be perfect. <clears throat> but um but it'll it's good enough and yeah. it has been has has been 
has had good results for mm -hmm. everyone know I would probably do things differently if I was to do it again. Nobody's going to have be perfect, and it's, and it's quite exciting that it's that the children have done as well as they have, despite me. <laughs> so you've got a confidence in the process being good enough that feels like it's allowed you to lighten up a bit on yeah. your expectations of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's right. I don't feel, and 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 so then that allows me to enjoy enjoy what I'm doing a bit more, mm. <clears throat> which then becomes a virtuous circle because then the children pick up on that, uh, and also, I suppose I've learned, I've learned what's important about what's important. Like when for science, I used to not particularly like doing science ex experiments. And I knew about the scientific method and, um, but I would really worry about the the science experiment, whether it might work or not, whether, how interesting it would be, whether the theory was gonna be interesting. And whereas now I, I feel like, well, actually it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether it works or not. It's just, I need to be, a, a a calm presence and, and mm. notice, observe cl clearly, be methodical, take notes, be interested, be be happy with whatever we're exploring, even if it doesn't work. It's that's still useful. Like we talk about the Ford Model T being the umpteenth time that they'd tried to make something. Yeah, it's just you. It's those things that are more important than the content of anything that you're doing the content doesn't mm. matter and the content of the the children haven't necessarily covered the content that they would cover in schools they but they go in they've been into school at 13 or 14 and they have got some gaps in their knowledge but they've got a good attitude to learning they've got a sense of responsibility for their own education and their own self and so then they can pick up any extra knowledge that they need to because they know how to learn yeah 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 and we and that's the, the same for we've the children have gone on french and german exchanges and they've gone for six months to france or germany and then we've had a french or german child back with us for six months and these French and German children have been in school in their country. So our children go to school in France or Germany for six months when they're with them. But And then these children, when they come to us, they either go to school here or they, I home educate them. And so they do something completely different for six months and then go back to their home country. And, and, and often they find that they, they're ahead. They might miss some content, but... They they might be ahead with their maths, or they've just got a set. Their character has grown. Their brains made more connections. They've had this adventure. It doesn't seem to matter that they miss this six months of content. It's just your experiences and your character that de that develops, and that seems to be even similar to 
anything in home ed that it's not about the activities and the content it's just about who you are and how you are that's amazing <laughs> who they are and how they are is much more important than what they learn and you know in many contexts you know particularly in coaching coaches get very anxious about what do I do how do I do this what else do I need to do what else do I need to bring in and that feeling that value comes from what we do but what a beautiful description about immersing for six months when it's entirely about who you're becoming and how you be mm. yeah and the confidence that you can have in yourself mm -hmm. And the new new experiences that you're having. Yeah. That all come from exposure rather than education. Yes. Or knowledge, yeah. Yeah. And so that's quite radical with the six-month exchanges. Um, but... But in in the rest of your life, it's about being exposed to all sorts of things as well. And so that's why it's about input and about reading stories. And I'm reading much more complicated or more engaging, advanced stories than to my children now than I would have done with my older ones. Interesting. that age. So we've read... I, I, they, they read, we've read Swallows and Amazons and the James Herriot books mm. and Shakespeare plays and um, and Molière well yeah and that was fun because you just yeah. take it also I suppose because of this way of you take it you read a little bit and then you ask the children to tell back and they can tell back what they wanted to say mm. and you trust them that they're going to sift through their heads as to everything that they've heard and they're going to choose what they think is the most interesting or the most important and then they tell you back and you accept what they say because they're the learner they're doing the work you don't know what thought process was, was processes went in their head so you can't see everything that they're learning mm. you can only see what they're offering and it's not for my benefit what they tell me in any case. It's for their own. It's their own decisions and their own education, their, their own journey. And so they can't fail because, because you ask them to tell you something and they tell you something. And if, even if it's brief, then you might tell them something too. If if they don't want have hardly anything to say, then you can tell them what you liked about it too. So then you get to model that yeah. narration we call it and you get to recap in your own words about what you've just read so they hear it again and then you move on so there's no there's no there's no pressure it's just and it's all in small bits so it's short short chunks and you're not leading them to the place that you think they ought to be no yeah, well, I'm not asking them questions and ask and I'm wanting to check whether they've got the they've been listening or and had the right got the right answer for mm. me. I don't yeah. mind what they what they come back with. It doesn't matter. Wow. 
I'm really curious about what the conversation was like when you came out of seeing Molly as hypochondriac. Well, it was funny because he was, it was, a, it was quite, it was really comedic and, and much more accessible than, than you might've thought. It was, and, and it was, and they, they talked about the, the poster was quite different to what the actors were actually wearing. Ah. So the, they were like, why is that? Why have they got a poster with this man in a black velvet jacket and a pink hat, whereas actually he was all in beige and he was small and skinny and on the poster. <laughs> and, um, and they was and then we're saying, why are there no more children? Why weren't there any other children in the audience? <laughs> yeah. And and also it was rewritten. It was written by Roger, rewritten by Roger McGough in rhyming couplets. Oh so wow! It was it was funnier than the mm. play, even though the play had been quite funny too. Mm. Mm. Uh, Wow, what a beautiful thing. They probably understood it more than some of the adults in the audience, didn't they? Well, probably because we'd just read it yeah. um, and talked about it. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. you talked about Charlotte Mason. What was her philosophy that so attracted you? She talks a lot about education being an atmosphere. And I heard other people who were following her ideas about it being a life, home education being a lifestyle. And so I was, so although I didn't understand it for a long time, that is what attracted me to it. This idea that it was, it, it, education infiltrated all of life, all of mm character who you were who what your whole family is like all the non-verbal um things that you have around your house li lots of stories and art uh, uh, and being out in nature mm. about treating education as a as people as the whole person that is about your about the character of you, the whole person so it's about formation rather than the transference of information. Yeah. 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 And because it's a it's about your whole personhood and then a lot of the way that Charlotte Mason suggests that you learn about things is through the lens of another person and their life, their life. So she talks about using living books rather than textbooks. And so living books would be the story of somebody's life that's um, that's really emotionally engaging. Often might start, if you're reading a biography or something, it often might start with a person as a child. So you get an insight mm -hmm. into who they were as a, as a child and where their interests lay and how they, why they went into the field that they went into. Um, so you can relate, you can relate to them. So, so you might be reading um, a science book, but you, we've just read one on Isaac Newton, and you and you read it, and you see him as a child, and you uh, hear about how he was intrigued about these workers who were building a windmill near him, and and how he um, 
Oh, and we were reading about Leonardo da Vinci as well and how he, when he was a child, he, he got some animals and collected them and then drew them and with perspective and made it look really lifelike. And his dad thought mm. it was a real dragon or something and got <laughs> up and that was funny. And, and, and so you, so really sort of getting an insight into people's lives and then learning about their discoveries along along the way makes it I feel like can relate more and it feels more accessible and feels more relevant to you because because you can imagine them as a child and then yeah so a lot of connecting yeah she talks about education being a science of relations it's all about Mm. relationships and always asking well what does that remind you of and seeing how everything interconnects and, and noticing so like this book about Isaac Newton then we've just finished it and the, the children have been writing we've had a group of friends everybody's written a bit of a narration about each chapter and then you put it in the post and it goes to somebody else and then you get another book and then you write the next chapter in the next in the next book and put it in the post oh, wow. but then you but then we were watching Doctor Who and then Isaac Newton was mentioned on the Doctor Who and we went down to Cambridge for my daughter's Advent Carol service and then we go past the Isaac Newton pub there and then I was listening to a podcast about children's curiosity and they were talking about him there and there's always connections in everything and so that's why we are always looking out for those and and you can't really compartmentalize into I'm doing we're doing history now and then geography and then science Mm. I have to answer the council they'll ask me what do I do for these different subject areas but I don't really the children don't really learn in subject areas like that it's all it's always just learning about life and then making connections between Mm. That reminds me that in coaching, often the organisation says that they want this and this and this and that to be covered. But actually, the conversation, the dialogue and the growth comes from the connection. Mm. And the yeah, the humanity of it. Yes, the whole story. Mm. Mm. So, Kate, we met at an out of the box workshop, which is something that you do. And we've interviewed We've had Catherine Lord on here and Tula Falconen. Mm. So for you, what's this connection between meaning making and out of the box in the way that you do home ed? So a lot of the ideas for out of the box came for Catherine from Godly Play, but for me from Charlotte Mason and my, my experience of home ed. And because I, when we went into lockdown, I wrote a little bit about home ed being about your, the atmosphere and and life and not just about activities because people were needing to do homeschooling, which was quite different to true home ed. Yes. Yeah. And, so and I found a lot of connection about this kind of, idea that it's about a way a way of being and and how that way of being is more the most important thing and then we started this Facebook group called Doobie Doo which was about doing and being because we wanted to focus on this idea that it's 
So there is something to explore about what it is about being, um, being the most important thing in any any kind of activity. And then I was talking about stories being a vehicle for learning and, and being emotionally engaging. And so that then we eventually that then led to to us designing out of the box because I like I like the idea of using stories as a sort of stimulus for the children's learning they could we could use we've we've developed wisdom stories for out of the box but we're going to develop science and history stories and and things because we've got a story uh like of King Canute and the waves and then you tell the story in out of the box with the figures on the sand or in the, on the cloth and um tell this story about King Canute trying to get the waves to the sea to stop coming in and then the children then get to see that enacted in front of them and then opening up the dialogue around what did you like about that what did you not like they get to say what they want to say about the story and how it impacted them and what they notice mm. they get to play with the story and say well what would you do where we where would you be in the story and they get to really engage with their physically tactile with the with the materials but also emotionally and with the with the conversation and dialogue about how do they relate to that story and it's just fun and playful and light and and that can then lead to more study about the Viking yeah. times or, or, or whatever but it just ignites an interest and you could have that you could have the same for a, a scientific some character Gregor Mendel with his peas or you, you could do all sorts of little stories and they're and they're only so short mm. it could just be a little way of introducing a topic I think it would be I mean schools do loads of um creative things but this was just another cre creative way that I think is really nice to get the children really talking and because there's and having their own ideas and not and having their own agency over something and for and for us as the adults to kind of get out of the way of them and just, just yeah. play because you're inviting them to stand in a different place in the story aren't you and get that getting them to look at the story from different perspectives in a really simple way yes and getting them to think about the the humanity, the pe the people in the stories, and mm. what were their motivations, and why were they doing what they're doing, and and playing with the people, and because the children can work out make meaning uh, as they play and and think about what it feels more playful having little wooden figures and yeah. being able to play in a group than just thinking theoretically about what what were the motivations of the, yeah. of the, advice, the king's advisors or but to actually play with it, yeah, inhabit it a bit more, and you just have a bit of fun and mess around and experiment, and there's no right or or wrong. But I think you can get have more ideas and be more, uh, yeah, more more creative if you just get a chance to play with things like that. Touch it, inhabit it, try it out, play with it, and then think, and then. Think, well, what and then what does that mean for me? Like, yeah. how what, yeah. who do I relate to, and how would I be in that kind of situation? And 
and, and I felt with our home ed that when I was first home educating, then people would talk about their children playing history stories and things, and my children didn't do that so much. Whereas now they do, and I think it's because we I give I give them more input with more in a more relaxed, playful, light-hearted way. Mm. How out of the box is, and then I give them more free time to play, so they can go and play with their Lego or their Playmobil and mm. and or free play in the garden or whatever. And then you do see them then playing out these stories. Oh. They played out like Hengist and Horso, who were in a feast, and the uh, the Saxons and and then they whipped out their their daggers at the end of the meal. <laughs> it was terrible, and, but they play that and it becomes their own. Yeah. And then out of the box, if children can get to play with the stories afterwards and the materials, they can inhabit it and it can become their own. They can relate to it mm. and enjoy it. And um, I think it ignites a real interest in anything and you can have mm. any kind of subject in there. I'm lo- I'm laughing to myself because it's common, isn't it, for adults to say, let's play with some ideas. But that's entirely in the head. Mm. <laughs> okay, let's sit here and discuss, otherwise known as play with some ideas. But you're talking about actually touching, feeling, experiencing. Yes, and really, well, I used to work in uh, for a media agency and, and there was one time when we wanted to come up with some ideas for a client. I can't remember what the product was, but it was a, some sort of youth campaign and in order to get people to be more creative and come up with more ideas and things then they invite they they sent everybody invitation it was just a meeting to brainstorm some ideas but you got an invitation to a meeting that was a box with a you opened up with a and a balloon a helium balloon then came out and it said come come along to this meeting basically but in in a fun way and then you went down to this meeting room and there was bean bags and pizza and we were all supposed to sort of kind of pretend to be teenagers to to get into the mood of thinking like that in order to get more ideas to flow and um be more relaxed and playful and um and and so it so you you need to it's good to inhabit and really play with your yeah. with your body to to then yeah. be able to come up with more ideas yeah that's amazing that's amazing. So what would you like our listeners to hear and to think about in relation to learning from what we've talked about around home ed, Kate? I think that it's that learning is fun, that relationships are the main thing yeah. to enjoy yourselves and have an and and be be interested but have a nice time and and follow what you feel like doing and and relax into it and I love how you've done this with two separate bundles of your children (laughs) and how you've learned from the first go for the second go and that you still recognize that the first go is good enough that's beautiful Yes, I'm quite. It's quite good to have six children because I can keep experimenting for a bit longer. 
Kate, thank you so much for coming to the coaching in. How do people get in touch with you if they want to talk more about Out of the Box? They could go to our website, outofthebox.stories.org, and we're on Facebook as Out of the Box. It would, would be great to hear from people. Brilliant. And if you're and... interested in the exchanges, that's ALEF, the Association of Language Learning en Famille, A L L E F. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Kate. And what a pleasure it has been to have you here at the coaching in today. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye bye. Thank you. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, we'd love you to share the podcast with a friend or leave a comment on social media. And if you'd like to become a regular at the coaching in, you can subscribe on Podbean and all major podcast channels. We look forward to welcoming you next time. You've been listening to The Coaching In, 3D Coaching's virtual pub. For more information, check out 3dcoaching.com.